Because if you're involved in the gay and lesbian lifestyle, it's bondage. Hello, welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, podcast number 55. With me this evening, Kimberly. Hey, everybody. I just uh, put down, I'm, I'm reading two books right now. I've got The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins, waiting for the movie this weekend, and Religion for Atheists uh, by Elaine de Botton, uh, which is very interesting so far. Very good. And Ian? Oh, okay. Hello. I am right now reading Gods of Mars, the second of the John Carter book. Very good. And Mac? I am in the middle of Robert Jordan's The Fires of Heaven, with four books behind me and too many more to go. And our very special guest tonight, uh, Michael Clifton, Agent of Doubt. Um, I'm reading my own autographed copy of No Snowflake in an Avalanche by Mikey Weinstein, the president of the religious Military Religious Freedom Foundation. I saw him on the 3rd. Oh, nice. And it's That's a nice. great book. And, of course, I'm your host, Brian. And I uh, I read uh, this week, uh, I read Sam Harris's Free Will. I, I ran out and got that. Um, I've, I just finished reading Attack of the Theocrats, um, and the author was just on Point of Inquiry. That was a, that was a really good book, actually. I would highly recommend that one. Um, and I, fourth book of George R.R. R. Martin's series, uh, a story of fire and ice. And I'm about to start Judas Unchained by, uh, no, I can't remember his name. I think it's A Song of Fire and Ice, isn't a it? A Song of Fire and Ice, yeah. Uh, and the, but the, the one, it's the sequel to Pandora Star. Who's and I cannot remember the the author. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, so yeah. So, all right. Announcements. I'll tear th- yeah, through some quick. announcements here. Okay, coming up this uh, end of the week on Friday, the tw- uh, March twenty third, Tornado Alley with Sean Casey at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. I believe that one's actually sold out, but should be a good one. I'm going to turn this one over to Ian um, for oh, this weekend. Okay. Yeah, this Go weekend ahead. is the second annual Anomaly Con at the um, Tivoli Aurora Campus. Uh, the main reason I put this in here is last year they did ghost tours of Aurora Campus, and they're going to do those again this year, um, Saturday and Sunday at 11. Um, also, uh, Saturday evening, apparently there's going to be some UFO thing. Um, my guess is they'll be done by Jason Cordova, who's an actual friend of mine, but I guess he does presentations like this, um, you know, on showing evidence of UFOs and stuff like that. So it'll be the other side of the coin from our podcast, you know, presenting their case. So it's a steampunk convention. It's fun. Lots of stuff going on. But there will be some, you know, stuff that to what we focus on. That sounds great. I'm going to try to stop by this year. So I'll look you up. Cool. All right. Going on Sunday, the 25th, Mile High Skeptics has, um, I don't know much about this, but a new little program they're doing in two parts on the myths of nutrition and fitness. So the first one will be on Sunday the 25th, and the part two will be on Sunday the uh, April 1st. On Monday the 26th, Cafe Side 2 is having a presentation on ozone, the good, the bad, and the not-so-ugly. That might be really interesting. Wednesday the 28th, back at the Denver Museum, is 60 Minutes in Space. On Saturday the 31st, we, 31st sorry, we have the IIG Colorado's monthly meeting. Um, on the second, um, the Mile High Skeptics are doing the pseudoscience fair uh, with James Randi. And I'm going to let someone else talk about what's happening on the fourth. On April 4th, the Pikes Peak Skeptic Society will be going to UCCS to see Bill Nye the Science Guy down here in Colorado Springs. 
Are there still tickets oh, available awesome. for that? Yes, there are. Oh, all right. I'll check into that for sure. Um, the Mile High Skeptics are doing a road trip to Roswell. Um, they're going to be going to the Trinity site for Easter, which um, is kind of fun. They're starting their road trip on uh, Thursday, April 5th. And uh, check out the site. It's a lot of really interesting information. I wish I kind of had the time to go. Um, I'm sure there'll be lots of fun stories out of that. Um, and just to wrap it up, on Sunday, April 8th, uh, Humanists of Colorado have their monthly meeting. On Thursday, the 12th, uh, the museum has a program called Yuri's Night, uh, commemorating the um, launch of Yuri Gagarin. 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 Thank you. Um, the Soviet cosmonaut, <laughs> right? Exactly. That that historic flight. Um, that might be really great. And then coming up in May, on Saturday the 5th, is going to be Skepticamp Colorado. And uh, those are always great. We'll probably be talking more about that soon. Yeah. And actually, yeah. and a that's real quick thing about Skeptic Camp. We focus on the stuff around Colorado. There's Skeptic Camps going on all around. It's international now, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. It is. It got so, started here in Colorado by yeah. our friend Reed. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, they're doing them all over. It's great. So if you're interested in doing a Skeptic Camp and you don't live in Colorado, look it up. Put Skeptic Camp, whatever city, state you, you live in, see what's going on. Be active. Hunt them down. Yeah, I, I know we have listeners outside of Colorado, so I want to make sure I'm mentioning that. Because skeptic camps are fun. They're great. They're free. You go. You meet the other skeptics in the area. And if there's not one in your area, figure out how to start one. That, that's how it works. Exactly. You just, you know, so, you know, I, 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 I will probably bring that up every podcast until skeptic camp is encouraging people to go out and be part of it. It's yeah. worth doing. And great point. Yeah, start one up yourself. It's real easy. We've got a group putting this one together. We've just met a couple of times on the phone. Um, and we, I've done, I've been on the, the boards of them before and they're, they're easy to set up. You get lots of really great experience and yeah, start it up, make a, make yeah. a new uh, tradition out of it. I think this is the fifth or sixth one in Colorado. So, yeah. So, and so we should talk quickly. Uh, Kimberly and I went to the metaphysical fair this weekend. Sure did. And, uh, hopefully, I, I, hopefully we'll, we'll be doing a special on that. Just talking about our experience and, and maybe some ways, um, that we'll do things differently next time we go. You know, we got a lot of information this time, and and uh, it, I I don't know. I had I I I had a lot of arguments this time, people. <laughs> you did have to do that, and and that's okay. Well, you know, I had my and I had my wingman. You know, I had uh, I had Stuart with me, and uh, so you know, whenever they would say something that sounded sciency but wrong, he would he would get them. The rest of the time, I would do all the questioning. So we I we we, we almost got kicked out. I think. We got close. Yeah, but so we'll talk more about that later. So our main thing this evening is going to we, – we want to talk about marriage equality, and this has been coming up. Well, um, actually, Brian, I put in there that short thing. I, I won't make reference well, to Well, but um, this, this, uh, this, this attaches to it, so that's kind of that, – well, that's no, okay. Right. To, uh, well, the, the, well, I just want to go over the fact that um, – couple podcasts ago we got some feedback of a listener who didn't agree with something we said and he said he was going to stop listening to podcast and you know that's obviously his free will but the thing is if we make a mistake and you catch us on it catch us on it tell us we want you to um i think we've talked about this before and i, I like to bring it up every so often especially when you know a listener bring, does point out to us it was a disagreement over the use of separate but equal and he heard um, Kimberly say that in the podcast, and he was upset that the rest of us didn't call her on it. And technically, um, I, I do believe she used it in the wrong reference, and that's fine. And catching us on it and saying, hey, listen, I caught your mistake, that's what we want you to do, because that's part of why we're doing the podcast. Yeah. And 
the way we have the conversations here, we're not going to catch this on everything. We Even stuff that we might know could skip. You know, we're not perfect. And right. Brian's the one that I think um, used this phrase first, but we look at this stuff as teachable moments. When we make mistakes, when something's said wrong like that, um, the, the prime example is the, the McDonald coffee one, which we get, got called on way back when, and new listener called us on it, and then he listened to the next podcast where he uh, saw that we had been called on it and caught ourselves and corrected us. He's like, oh, I'm glad you guys did that, and that's what we want. So please, if, if you catch us in a mistake, call us on it, but don't stop listening to the podcast because of it. That seems to me to be the wrong way to go about it. All right. And I'll just be a little defensive that not all things that you disagree with are mistakes. Well, and that's, okay. and, and I, and, and <laughs> I actually, I mean, you can defend this and, and I think that, I think that'll be fine. Um, I'm not going to let you call me a separationist again, though. That, that, that was wrong of you. Shame on you. Well, if you're a separatist, no, I'm, I'm an abolitionist. <laughs> it's okay to disagree. We just we we enjoy disagreeing with each other. I don't mind disagreeing with listeners. Um, everyone's got opinions. That's that's awesome. So bring them up. Let's discuss them. Let's go further into them. And um, yeah, absolutely. We okay. love the and feedback. Have, All right, let's move on. We're moving on. We're done. We're moving on. Okay. All right. At this point, what I've said is is that my baseline is a strong civil union that provides them the protections and the legal rights uh, that married couples have. And I, think that, and, and I think that's the right thing to do. Voted along with the vast majority of Alaskans who had the opportunity to vote to amend our Constitution defining marriage as between one man and one woman. I, I wish on a federal level that that's where we would go because I don't, I don't support gay marriage. Uh, I just believe in the unique status of marriage between man and woman. Well, Three men. Then why can't same-sex couples get married? Well, they, they can get married. They can, but the, they abide by the same laws everyone else. They can marry a man if they're a woman, or they can marry a woman if they're a man. Do you support gay marriage? No. Barack Obama nor I support redefining from a from a civil side what constitutes marriage. Okay, so we're going to talk about marriage equality, and and uh, and and of course here we here we go again. We have four straight people and one one gay person. All of us are very much, I think, in favor of this. Uh, hopefully, we can try and make their make the con arguments as well as possible. For those of you who aren't listening to our podcast regularly, try and pick out who the gay one is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what a challenge that will be. <laughs> All right. So, but I guess the first thing we need to establish here is why gays want to get married. And so I guess, uh, I, I, I have to turn to Kimberly to, to address this. Oh, I'm outed already. I'm that's, sorry. That's fine. No, that's fine. That's okay. totally fine. I mean, am um, I wrong? Isn't, isn't that the best place to start here? I, I guess. And obviously I'm not speaking for all the gays out there. I'll just speak for my own gay ass. And I'm, I'm honestly not the best person to discuss why marriage is important because i don't actually consider the institution of marriage straight gay or whatever all that important in modern society and what i know i'll be kind of harping on here the entire time is for me it's an equal rights thing okay i think everybody should have the right to do what they want i think that doing 
and I'm, I'm sorry to go straight back into what we were just discussing, but having a separate but equal, having a different term for the partnership between same-sex couples and opposite-sex couples is wrong. It's not equal. It's, it's, it's different. It's separate but equal, and it's no way to run something where you everybody should be deserving of equal rights. I think not allowing it puts gay people into a second-class citizenship in this country, and, and, and I it, think that's really pervasive and, and insidious. But that seems like the part of the reason to make sure there's a distinction factor to make him second. One of the things I, I, I've talked to my dad about is one of the reasons that the conservatives want to, you know, make sure there's stuff like, oh, they can't get married. They, they want to uh, create the stereotypes of the AIDS and all that going with the homosexuality is because that way it helps keep them from being justified, keeps them from being legitimate. If they okay. can get married and stuff, they suddenly become much more legitimate. Well, let me. And the longer you can keep that from happening, the longer you can make sure it's an evil thing. Let, I, I, let me see if I can make an even stronger argument as to why I think that this is important. And of course, and, and it comes back to equal rights. But there are a list of rights that you get from marriage that, uh, and, and which, and it may not be the only way to get all of these rights, but it's the primary way. Filing with taxes. You know, filing jointly on taxes as a couple. And I guess uh, family partnership under federal tax laws are different. So just because the state recognizes your marriage doesn't mean the federal government is. So you still don't get that right until the federal government accepts gay marriage. There's the state benefits. And I'm just going to read the, the headers here. I mean, the, there, I'm not going to go into the specifics. There's governmental benefits, employment benefits, medical benefits, death benefits, family benefits, housing benefits, consumer benefits, and says other... Benefits and protections. So there is a lot of reasons that these couples should have have these benefits. I mean, one of the things is, is that when your spouse is in the hospital, if they don't see you as you know as being married and it's only immediate family, you you're going to have a difficult time getting in there to see that person. I I think that there is a lot a lot to gain for for people in these relationships by getting these benefits. And I think that that's not historically been the case. Uh, a marriage has changed a lot over the years. Well, if we can, before we get into the his history of marriage, because I think it's a whole another topic and we should certainly get back to it. Okay. Um, a couple of things I, I just wanted to say real quick. Um, first of all, somebody really schooled me on this, and so I'll, I will um, share that teachable moment. We, you probably want to avoid calling it gay marriage versus okay. um, marriage equality. And just the, the reasoning being that a lot of times we're told that you know gay people are looking for special rights. And that's really not the case here. We're looking for equal rights. And right. we're not looking to have our own definition of marriage or anything like that. We want basically to use the same one that is that accepted thing that has all those different benefits you were just talking about. So I, I had been using gay marriage all the time uh, as, as my platform thing. And somebody really kind of just kind of gave me all the reasonings for why to call it marriage equality and said it, it really worked for me. So I just thought I'd share that. This little list that you have here is great as a, as a real uh, overview, but I've, I've been told that there's somewhere on the order of 1,500 to 3,000 different laws that would need to be changed if you did want to do this separate but equal kind of thing of civil unions and marriage and separate them out. Either you'd have to go in and change all of those laws one by one which doesn't sound like it's going to happen anytime fast. I mean, you know, we see how our government, how quickly our government works. And it's just another one of those problems that gets called in when 
when people want to rephrase the, the discussion with, with different terminology. And you're absolutely right. There is ways of doing all of this stuff, you know, without marriage. Um, it's a very costly burden. Well, and, and it's jumping it's through not hoops. not 100%. Yeah. It, well, What's no, that? you won't get all of these rights. It's jumping through hoops no. that, that yeah. I think are unnecessary. We'll and it, it also it. means, you know, you go on and, like, there's all sorts of stories. People think, you know, that some of these cases never happen, but, but they do. People die in hospitals while they're out of their, their hometown and encounter exactly this of, you know, for, uh, immediate family only. And because you're just a partner and not recognized, you're not allowed in the room. In my case, I, you know, I've got all sorts of legal documents that say that my partner can come into the room and all. But if I'm on a trip somewhere, I'm not going to have that. You know, and, and there's not, and there's still that hoop jumping. Whereas if this was federally and, and recognized by state, if it was just a legal right, there wouldn't be any question. You know, if someone's right. wife is in the hospital and you say, I'm the husband, nobody makes you pull out paperwork for that. Right. Because we all know what that means. And that's why it needs to mean the same thing for everybody. Yeah. So I, I am, I'm, I'm fine with calling it, uh, same sex marriage. Uh, in fact, I usually do. In fact, no marriage equality. Marriage equality. Oh, not even same sex. We'll call it, we want marriage equality. Right. The, the, marriage the equality. difference is that okay. we're not looking for special right. rights. It's for equal okay. rights. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, it's a real. It's a real subtle thing. Yeah. There's no beating up here or anything like that. It's just I, I have to watch myself. Okay. On. All right. So now, now I, I have a different perspective. Well, hold on. Yeah. Go ahead, Michael. No, one, one benefit from actually fighting every little legal battle of every little law that has to change is that you gain sympathy for marriage equality. I live in Colorado Springs, the hotbed of bigotry. I live down the street from Focus on the Family, okay? And <laughs> many of the people who attend the mega churches around Focus on the Family would never want to see a same-sex couple having the right to have a foster child in their home or the right to adopt. They would never want that. But there are some things that they would agree on, and we can nickel and dime them all the way up to the other issues, such as they, they might want someone to be able to make a contract where they can make decisions about end-of-life issues. You know, they might, they might be okay with that. And if we show them how they're wrong on every little thing other than these, you know, these things that they will not budge on, these stubborn issues, then maybe we can, you know, Maybe we can show the human side of things through all of these legal battles that are just, they're, they're crazy outside of same, you know, same sex couples wanting them. Like if, if, if it was a heterosexual couple, you would never think that that couple would be denied some of these things. And putting a human face on it is the benefit of fighting every little, little thing along the way because it's so hard to just use one big rubber stamp and say, okay, they can marry now. You know, that scares the bejesus out of the megachurch goers in my city. So I think there is a benefit to pulling the Band-Aid off slowly, as it were. Okay. So I, I think... Uh, well, go ahead. Going off the um, benefits, um, I, I put a link to a uh, page called ProCon.org, yeah. which shows both the... Both sides of the argument. One of the interesting things I saw in the con argument was talking about how much it would cost the federal government to give same-sex benefits. And my main thought there was, okay, what if all those couples were to marry the opposite sex? Would it cost any different? 
And so to me, it was one of the most absurd things to try and say, oh, look how much it would cost if we were to give same-sex benefits to them. And it's like, that's how much the benefits cost for a married couple. In the same and article, they say later that, of course, they have the right to marry somebody of the opposite sex. I like that one. You know, that one's always fun. Yeah. I, I would like to know which one of these people yeah. would like to offer up their son to me, who I am never going to sleep with, for my opposite sex marriage and and i'm sure there's some would be very happy that you know i have avoided my life of sin i i i just think it's me i'm, I'm wondering who's going to volunteer for this job who would like very... to marry me so that we're all in a heterosexual situation where there Kim? wouldn't be any sex or love going on yeah yes my fundamental with mother a calls that being covered i'm sorry what was that michael my, my fundamental mother, she calls that being covered. Um, <laughs> it's a disgusting thought. And the same people are against polygamy, whereas the old Mormon church used to have polygamy. But if you were to push that on someone, that they had to marry someone of the opposite sex, but then you know that they're going to have relationships elsewhere, you know, it's going to create that sort of polygamy situation. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was going to say, just just get together with a male gay couple and uh, marry on up, Kim. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 called bearding, and and I mean, but yeah. what I'm saying is like, if, if they they kind of try to make this suggestion that you know, oh, if you just did it the right way, but then you have to realize that there's there's somebody else involved in it, and of course they wouldn't accept that. It's just it, it's just such a silly kind of uh, kind of argument, you know. It it just I don't know that one that one I love. Yeah. Well, I, I so, I, so, so really, I want to start with the, the first one that's on here. And it says, the, okay. the institution of marriage has traditionally been defined as a man and a woman. And, and Michael, this is why you're here. <laughs> okay. What I, is... I'm here to explain that the institution of marriage was not always about a man and a woman. It was about, it was about estates and where your property will go when you die. Because women couldn't have property you know, for the longest time in human history, women couldn't have property. So even if the man died, it, would, it wouldn't go to the woman. It would go to her sons, you know. So it wasn't about a man and a woman. It was a contract about where your property would go. Right. And so That's an interesting point. When did, when, I mean, when did that, when did marriage start then? Marriage as we know it? No. Not even I would as... say it's marriage as we see it right now, I'd say it started in, a boom of marriages in the 1930s where churches were pressuring couples to get married and create this image of marriage. Wasn't that... It was I was going to say the 40s or the 50s. Yeah. I was going to say 1891. There, there's a specific date when, when the when the fundamentalist churches kind of um, kind of made a decree, and I had an article about that, which I could not refine, but it was back in 1891. What's that? It took a little while to take yeah. hold because it, a lot of it was peer pressure. Community peer pressure. Well, originally, on originally neither the government or the church were really that involved. In it. it was a much more personal thing, and of course, you know, they had to figure out a way to organize. My understanding is, you know, several hundred years ago, you just said, "Hey, listen, we're a couple, and you're set." But what happened was, um, the guys would take advantage of that, get what they wanted, come back. The woman would claim they're married. The guy would say, "What's she talking about? I have no idea." And, you know, so finally it's like, okay, we have to have some sort of setup where we can keep track of all this and make sure that, you know, it's more of a contract than just two people agreeing. So that's, you know, I, I forget where I heard that from. That was my understanding of when marriage started to be more of a thing. Okay, the government has to get involved, has to be yeah. there making sure that it, you know, isn't being abused. The article I put in here, 
always a man, always a man and a woman. Not true. It looks at uh, uh, marriage at several from different cultures historically, like the Egyptians. There's references in there that they might have had same-sex marriage. There's there's some evidence that the Catholics recognized same-sex marriage for the longest time, um, or at least a few of them here and there. Maybe not for a long time, but so even even historically, the Catholics have recognized same-sex marriage. So it has not always been between a man and a woman that is a fallacious argument that we have and in, in fact i mean it, it's for most of human history it's between a man and a woman and another woman and another woman and then he might have another woman too and concubines and slaves and all sorts of that kind of stuff the bible is it is not have a whole lot of examples from the Old Testament of one man, one woman marriages. Okay. In most cases, they were multiple marriages. I don't think there's any. <laughs> is is that true? I I don't I don't know I, that. But I, I, from I, the I Old Testament, off the top of my head. in the in the Old Testament, I mean, you go back. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Noah, how many wives did Noah have? Maybe maybe Noah didn't. But like, you look at Rebecca and Laban and. uh I mean, there was just, there was, oh, you were marrying handmaidens and stuff like that. It was, I mean, it was about children, you know, who, who gave yeah. you a child first. But, I mean, there well, was who no. Who gave a male child? Right. They, they were, that was the main focus when you had to have a male child. You had a female child, eh, we'll sell it out. Yeah. So. But it really does go into more of a, a women's rights kind of thing. And when women were considered property, which has been the traditional ownership. We've talked about this on podcasts before, and I think it's, you know, needs to be brought up again. Un- until the, I would, I would argue almost until the, the industrial age, women were, were mainly in most societies, not every single one, not at all times, but very often seen as property. As Michael said, they couldn't own property themselves. They were, you know, basically used for barter and trade and peace agreements and stuff like that and married off. You know, without regard for this romantic love of, you know, one man, one woman and, you know, raising a, a nuclear family. The nuclear family itself is a brand new device. What would you call it? Not device. It's, it's, it's relatively new in the history of human beings. We, we didn't live just, you know, the small mom, dad and the 2.5 kids. That's very, very recent. And that's, it's, it's not even just recent, but very localized. And Mostly it's, families it's, were far yeah. future than that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, it so, didn't even exist as now. <laughs> <laughs> so marriage is already threatened with high divorce rates between 40 and 50%. Mm-hmm. How is not allowing gays to marry going to protect straights from divorcing? It won't. Yeah, no logic to that argument at all. You don't think so? Yeah, all they ever say is it further weakens the institution, which is already apparently, oh. as you say, having all these problems. I, I want to know how. I really would love to know. You know, they, they you say know it well, if people the- are going to get divorced, they're going to get divorced, whether they're whether they're a same-sex couple, whether an opposite-sex couple, or whatever. They're going to get divorced if they're going to get divorced. People change, and they change in different directions. And of course, the the really funny bit is that when you start tracking this uh, against the state, you know, I mean, we can go across the entire world, but using the United States, the states that have marriage equality have the lowest divorce rates. Now, you could, I mean, can you say causation there? Are the gays keeping the straights together? Uh, I probably not, but I think that kind of openness 
and education, because quite frankly, there's an education correlation there as well. But something is going on. Massachusetts has been the lowest divorce rate, and it's the first one to back same-sex marriage. Is yeah. that, you know, you could say, is that a coincidence? Well, maybe, but well, <laughs> why how long has it had the lowest? How long has it had the lowest divorce rate? Was it since, prior to backing same-sex marriage? Or I don't know exactly since? how yeah. far it goes back, but I know it's... I know it's been since they've legalized it. They've also got a high population of liberals. Well, they've yeah. also got a very high population of Catholics, though, too. Yeah. Massachusetts is a, you know, Boston, Massachusetts is pretty much famous for Irish Catholic families. So, but but as an as an argument that that we need to not allow this because it's going to further destabilize the institution, and then you look at the states that have the. Um, the constitutional state constitutional amendments against marriage equality, they've got some of the worst divorce rates. So it's, it's you know, they're, they're clearly, it doesn't make any sense. The argument doesn't make any sense. It doesn't All right. Well, hey, wait, you guys stepped on Michael. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that, Michael. Well, I don't think it would be, it would be hard to find a correlation between people that hate other groups of people and people that are prone to domestic violence in the home. It's no surprise to me that the state's, that are more accepting of other people would be states with people who are able to work problems out in their own And that homes. is a really good point. Thank you. Now, just admit, it's Kimberly and her um, partner who basically make uh, us heterosexual couples stay together. And it's just something about the fact that, you know, they're there that keeps us together. <laughs> you need to stand up All and right. claim that right and say, yes, we're the ones doing so, it. So I guess it's more contentious to say, is is gay marriage really a different issue than interracial marriage? Well, I mean, I, I, have a, I have a thought on this, and my thought on this from the beginning has been that keeping, keeping same-sex couples away from marriage is a way of... of um, Making them less than human, I think, to the the right to form those bonds and form permanent bonds is one of the things that tends to make us human. And the 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 issue with interracial marriages during the time period when that was illegal was that people of other races were considered less than human, also. And so well, I think it's the, I think it's a form of dehumanization. Well, that's why it said at the beginning. You know, that, that's one of the reasons conservatives want to keep it illegal because that way it's naughty, it's wrong. You know, you can't let it be legitimized because once it becomes legitimized, they might actually start getting rights and start being accepted, and we can't have that. Kimberly, yeah, gosh, you might start thinking it matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think that there's a lot of correlation between um, interracial marriage and 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 same-sex marriage. Um, in a lot of different ways, historically, um, you know, and, and a lot of, I, I find really difficult to understand, um, breaks with it. You know, the, there, it, it is true that some states legalized interracial marriage, uh, early and, and were not forced to, um, by the federal government, but a lot of the states did. And that's, you know, what happened with, um, the case law. And I don't have my dates or I don't have any of this information in front of me. I apologize, but I'm pretty certain I'm, I'm going correctly on this. That there, it came down to a Supreme Court decision that prohibiting interracial marriage was against the Constitution, and it was uh, there was it was declared illegal. You couldn't you couldn't ban it anymore, and basically that's why it's legal in the entire country. It's not like you have to get interracially married in California 
um, and then go back to Mississippi or anything like that. They were forced to do this, which brings up a whole other uh, area of all of this as to who should be making this decision. Should we be legislating marriage equality now, or does it need to come down to a court decision? Um, and we're in the very interesting thing right now that it's it's kind of going in both bo- both directions or kind of fighting um, towards the same goal of, of legalizing it, making it illegal. I think that's what will eventually happen is that these constitutional amendments that say that marriages between a man and a woman are, are going to be kind of summarily overturned at some point in the future, hopefully not too far. To Michael's earlier point, while I get what he's saying with fighting each and every individual battle and trying to help the poor bigots to accept this slowly but surely, um, I think anyone who's listened to this knows I don't have a whole lot of respect for the bigots and um, I really don't care how yeah. quickly or slowly they learn their lessons. I think that's eventually how it's going to happen. I don't think we'd have interracial marriage in the United States of America in 2012 if we had left it to individual states to make decisions or to have the population vote on it. It wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And it's impossible in 2012 to really even put yourself in that mindset. We are all far too young to understand how in the very recent past of America it was illegal. I mean, that just sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Isn't yeah. it almost impossible yeah, to imagine our country the way we know freedom that that happened? Yeah. Michael, did you have anything to add to that? And it's also the case that people are abandoning the road of looking for a majority to vote on things because uh, it when when women didn't have the right to vote, it would have been all men voting on it anyway. And, you know, even if the men did vote as a majority to give women the right to vote, uh, the the better way would have been to have the legislator just the legislature just make it a law, you know, not put it up to a majority vote of whether or not the people think it should happen. Uh, here in Colorado, uh, activists gave up the uh, the ballot initiative that they had tried almost 30 times before to uh, remove the ban on gay marriages. And, you know, they could have gotten the signatures. It's only like 86,000. And a lot of different laws that, that, that are proposed through ballot initiatives, they use a service to collect the signatures. And they can get the funding. That's not the problem. I think it's they want to do it the right way by sending a message through the legislature or having a judge overturn the ban on gay marriage rather than putting it up to a majority vote. Right. All right. It's very promising. I mean, I know one of the articles we have here has a chart showing that more than, you know, we're either at 50% or just a little bit more of the population now is in favor of, of granting the same rights to same-sex couples. And that's fabulous. I mean, I'm really proud of everybody for kind of, you know, coming to the conclusion that there were human beings in their midst. But to exactly what well, Michael's saying, it's irrelevant it doesn't matter if we have a majority of people who think that some some minority group deserves a right. We're we're based right. in a we, we should be based on right is right. It doesn't need to be popular. It doesn't need to have that requirement. So while on one hand I, I think it's terrific, it shouldn't it shouldn't matter that that people are coming around. It's great that they are, but that's not that's not why this should happen. Right. It should happen. Unfortunately right. they're they're coming around seems to hinge on the use of a word. Because if you call it marriage for them, you only get like 45% for it. But if you call it civil union, you get like 71%. And and that one word creates this sec- second-class citizenship, you know, the, the separate but equal nature of what they're looking for. They, they want to, with that one word, with, with withholding the word marriage, 
they want to create this second class. Uh, maybe it's not something that would apply legally, but especially socially, it would. It's saying you're not accepted like marriages are accepted. Well, and so I I think we should withhold the marriage. I think we should withhold the word marriage from everybody, though. I think we should take it away from everybody. I think we should have civil unions for everybody, and that's all that the uh, that's all that should be legal under the government. Forget marriage. Go, Kimberly. <laughs> I apparently put my ire on the wrong person. No, uh, <laughs> I'm. Uh, so I totally apologize, Brian. It was Mac. I wanted to smack. No, <laughs> I'm not going to smack anybody. I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, it it makes sense in a purely logical way that the government should be um, in charge of of civil unions. That's what a marriage is. It's a union in civil court and civil law that um, that builds a structure that we all understand. We commonly call that marriage. I, and, and while I appreciate the logic of it, the fact is, um, as we've talked about before, and you all know I'm, I'm pretty big on this, you just can't give up the word because it's easy and because it would get the, the people who who don't like it, you know, to kind of calm down. Because they'll just find another way of doing it. Plus, we've seen stuff like Hawaii, for example. I think this was two years ago. They kept saying, you know, we're just, it's the word marriage. We think marriage should be sacred, you know, but we're all for civil unions. So they got a bill up to vote. Um, and again, I'm not for it, but they, they had a vote for the population to vote whether or not they were going to do civil unions. And they voted it down. They're a bunch of... Go ahead and put the censored tag up. They're a bunch of fucking liars. They say that because it's politically correct to say, I have no problem with civil unions. I just don't like the word marriage being used for this. But the fact is, they are bigots. I honestly have not met a single person who really believes that line. They say it all the goddamn time. But I have not met a single person who actually understands it and means it. They don't want the equality. But and they know how impossible it is to you're you're not going to get anyone to ever overturn anyone's marriage like you're suggesting. It's it's an impossible strategy. And I think it's as I as I chastised Brian online um wrongly, so wrong Brian. Um <laughs> and, but thoroughly. <laughs> thoroughly. Um it, it just, it breaks the argument by having like a non sequitur. Like, you know, it, it's just, it's not, it's not the issue in front of you. So while I get it logically, I just think it has to be scrapped. I, I don't know. I, okay, I'm, I'm, but oh, go ahead, Michael. I'm sorry. What, when you do give marriage to everyone and, and keep using the word and use it blanketly for any kind of union between two people, Churches will come up with another euphemism for what they saw marriage as before. They might go to holy matrimony and they might ask people if if they were married in holy matrimony, you know. And they still will have a way to show their uneasiness with other people's marriages. Sure, but but to the same point that I was just making, let them go ahead and spend all the time redefining it. Let them get the entire world to declare their marriage null and void and their holy matrimony to be what they've got. Let them work, because it's it's futile, it's a waste of resources, and it's not going to happen. I agree with you. They'll, they, they might do it. You know, they may still look down on me. I have absolutely no dog in the race for getting churches to respect me to accept me. I don't want to do my ceremonies there. I'm not asking them for any of that stuff. They can despise me tomorrow as much as they despise me today. I don't care. 
I just want the same rights because I'm a citizen of this country. They, 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 hate is a hate is as much of a right in this country as anything else, and they they are free to hate me every day of the year. I'm oh, not going to stop. Are, are you okay? It, what what if we do say okay, we're going to have this thing called civil unions. It it has everything that marriage has. Now socially, it's going to have a stigma, right? That it's that it's a lesser marriage. Is that a start or is it unacceptable? I'd say very unacceptable okay. because uh, separate but equal worked so well for us in the past, didn't it? Uh, <laughs> when things become socially uh, stigmatized, you know, people start putting up signs that say, you know, only this type of person in this side and this type of person in this side. I don't know. It's a it's a private establishment, so we can do that. You know, it's not right. It's not right, but I think that I think that separate but equal brought things to a head and made things change socially for the better by its by its wrongness. That's an interesting way of governing, though. I mean, there's probably <laughs> no, lots yeah. of things you could do that way, but I don't think you'd be missing yeah. results. No, and oh, now that God. I understand the issue better, now I am no longer like the idea of just giving people civil unions. I I do think that we at this point have to call it marriage but we have to take back the word marriage yeah and and again it's it's one of those funny things where they you know again we let them use the language and they they run roughshod over us you know suggesting that um you know that that somehow christianity created marriage like well that's yeah. just plainly not true <laughs> you know right. have they been doing i'm sure but but the idea that they invented it is just so patently yes. ridiculous. The idea that the union between a man and a woman is recognized by God is something that uh, even heterosexual atheists will have to come across. You know, uh, being right. married by a judge rather than by in a church. Well, I you know, just performed. I prefer a judge ceremony. any day. Yeah. A, a couple of weeks ago, I actually performed a wedding ceremony. I like um, Brian and Mac here. Uh, it, I'm an ordained minister. Three, three of us are here, and the story's behind it all. But I actually did a wedding ceremony as, as a um, favor to a friends, and I wrote up a little ceremony. And one of the things I decided to do, it, it's I have it on um, our website, but it's based off of Pendulette's, um Ten Commandments for Atheists, because I, I saw a lot of good stuff there that worked for it. But one of the things I wanted to do while doing it was I wanted to make sure I'm not the one making them a couple. All I'm doing is giving them a ceremony. They're the ones who are actually making the pledge to each other. They're the ones who are doing it. it has I, I, nothing to do with anyone else but the two of them. And that was one thing I emphasized throughout it, saying this is, you know, the two of you, and this is what you guys have to work with as becoming a couple. There was nothing about God. There was nothing about, um, I now uh, um, make you man and wife. I made sure to avoid that kind of stuff. Because to me, that marriage isn't about anything else but the couple. See, and I and don't know. I think that you should be imbuing them with the right to marry so that if they divorce, it's your failure, not theirs. <laughs> Well, and there are some legal things there, too. I just took a class um, like two weeks ago down in Orlando on being a celebrant with CFI, and um, I'm still kind of working out all the details of what I'm going to or not going to do with that. But um, anyway, it, it you you couldn't. If you said that, you would be basically breaking the law. You are not legally able to join them. Um, I don't think anyway. Uh, yeah. th there's 
there's ordained stuff that lets you do ceremonies, and then there's more legalese crap. And, and I don't want to get too much into all of that because I right. don't know all of it for Colorado. Let, actually, Colorado, I, I found out um, now that now that I'm thinking about it, actually has a thing where anybody can marry yeah, anybody. anybody. Can. You can marry yourself. Yes, like you can perform your own ceremony, and it's and it's and it is legally binding. So I take that back. In Colorado, you can. In other places, it's a lot more complicated. Yeah. All right. So let's. I, I want to go through a few more of their of their cons. Some of their some more of their vapid arguments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got some on this. I've got some stuff on this also. Okay, like let's go on to this. Uh, too, yeah, so. so gay marriage could potentially lead down a slippery slope, ending with giving people in polyamorous, incestuous bestiality and other non-traditional relationships the right to marry. Okay, and what's wrong with that? Well, oh, okay, I, I, I have issues with a couple of them. Equality? I have a couple no, with he's the be- not, um, considered normal. What was that? <laughs> Wait a moment. That oh, are man. non-traditional relationships. Non-traditional. Okay, well, okay. It, it's so polyamory. I think we've already established is kind of the norm. Yeah. Biblically. No arguments. Okay. Yeah. Incestuous. I got problems there. And just about every culture would agree with you. All on right. That one. Uh, bestiality. You have now driven away from the idea of two consenting adults into a situation that is not being discussed here at all. We are not talking about anybody forming a partnership with anyone who is not a consenting adult. Okay. Polyamory is a little bit more complicated, and I can understand having restrictions on that just because of, honestly, just because of tax code stuff. Um, I could understand saying, okay, you're going to have to basically sort this out in one way or another. But, I mean, to to maybe the overall point, um, I, I think it's fine to allow people to explore their lives and do what they want to do with it and stuff. I think the big problem here is consenting adults. And the idea of bringing bestiality into a talk like this, like suggesting that, well, if we're going to let the gays do it, might as well let, you know, man marry his horse. <laughs> you are, are, are you really seriously thinking that a, a same-sex relationship is of the same quality as a person in their horse, I mean, or you know, no. people. The, the next one they'll do is people. You know, what if people want to marry children? Again, we are talking about consenting adults in a situation. People marrying children—that's biblical. Well, yeah, that—that's biblical <laughs> stuff. I mean, you, you used to marry children. We don't now. You know, historically speaking, you know, you married when you were for a woman. Hey, if it's, um, she's having her period, she's ready to be married. Not so, just historically. Yeah. On the other side of this planet. You know, geographically yeah. speaking, there are people who are uh, not of age to consent and also have their marriages arranged and yep. aren't exactly consenting because their marriages were arranged for them. And that's very traditional. Well, in this and idea there that... Are, there are people who are considered to be of the age of consent in other places where we would consider them to be not remotely of the age of consent. So... Yeah. The idea yeah, that marrying is about and love... And some of those places are in this country. Yeah. The idea that marrying is about love is a very new concept, actually. It, it, it's not what it was about. And I think we pretty much established that it was it was about protecting property and dowries and stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, you could even go into the whole, like, Mormon polygamy thing. I mean, I know one of their arguments is they were protecting women. Again, they couldn't have property rights, so if you were a widow, you would want to be married off to somebody, and you wouldn't care if they had a partner already, because otherwise you lost everything just because your husband died. So, I mean, you know, again, there's 
it, it's so much of it is property law and taxes and, and you know inheritance stuff like that but again it's when people are talking about marriage in today's world i think we we are talking about as you say a brand new concept um historically of this you know choosing your mate based on who you're attracted to and who you want to build your life with we're talking and, the romance novel marriage here right yeah we're well, talking, and, the, and, we're again, talking the ideal of romantic love I, th I think most people, you know, when they talk about marriage, again, this this idea that it's been the same thing for 2,000 years, how could you change it now? It's not been the same thing for 2,000 years. But when no, we it's... do say marriage in this country, we are all kind of talking about the same thing. We're talking about two adults who have chosen to spend their life together. I mean, I, 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 again, you could find exceptions to it, but I think when we're having this discussion, wouldn't you say that's what most of us yeah. picture? So gay marriage... Oh, two adults that got drunk in Las Vegas and made a mistake... <laughs> <laughs> so, gay marriage is incompatible with beliefs, sacred texts, and traditions of many religious groups. The Catholics, um, Islam, United Methodists, Southern Baptists, yada, yada, yada. Then they well, sometimes their beliefs, Michael Goh. Yeah, sometimes their beliefs don't match their own sacred texts. If you look at the acceptance of polygamy in America versus the literacy and biblical literacy in America, you'll see that when the Bible was used to teach literacy to people, more people were accepting of polygamy. And as uh, settlers spread out west, the Mormons settled in Utah, and they had no problem with polygamy when the Bible was used to teach literacy. But as, as soon as a flood of new American books and novels were written, and there was all these other ways to learn how to read, and the Bible sort of just kind of collected dust on the shelf, all of a sudden polygamy falls out of favor. And it's easier to, to find bigotry against polygamy. And then all of a sudden, even their own majority-held state of Utah outlaws polygamy, you know? Right. So sometimes their their sacred texts, which would teach that polygamy has been okay for thousands of years, that it doesn't match their beliefs now of what their religion is. Ian, well, like Ian. The, the simplest thing to that is okay. Guess what? You guys don't have gay marriage. If if you don't want to marry someone your own sex, that's fine. We're not telling you have to. That, that's yeah. the whole thing. That that argument's one of the worst because of that. It's so easy. No one's forcing you to marry someone of the same sex. That's not even on the table. So why is it an issue? Because, you know, sacred text, um, wearing clothing of two fabrics, um, eating self -tests. You know, There's, there's so many <laughs> things right. that are in the sacred text that certain religions can't follow that we don't have any problem with. I mean, we sell shrimp and lobster and crab in our stores. That's against the Jewish text. According to this logic, we can't do that. Yeah. Gay so, marriage will lead... I'm sorry. Gay marriage will lead to more children being raised... And I'm sorry, before, before we get off of that one, can okay. I just, yes, real you can. quick, I mean, I just want to say, like, you know, as you, as you look at these arguments, they all have this slippery slope language in them. Some explicitly say it's a slippery slope. Others have stuff like, um, you know, uh, expanding may lead churches to being forced to marry couples and children being taught. I mean, it's, Again, this, this paranoia, it's, it's right there in the language. Why this is not a good argument is because it's making connections that are not justified. Right. Uh, it seems like almost all of these have that kind of, of piece to it. So. All right. You know, logically they, they fail just in, in terms of logic, just based on their language, not even what they're saying. <laughs> so this next one though is the one that I, I hear a lot. 
as being one of the main reasons that, that we can't have, you know, gays getting married. Gay marriage will lead to more children being raised in same-sex households, which are not optimal environments for raising children because children need both a mother and a father. Girls who are raised apart from fathers are reportedly at higher risk of early sexual activity and teen pregnancy. And I don't think that's necessarily justified. Uh, um, you know, and it, it basically that right there says, oh, and don't allow single sex parents to single, single family parents to raise their kids either. Or get divorced. Or get because divorced. that's what they're pulling these numbers from are divorced families that Good point. the child was, yeah, I mean, right. so it's, it's just another one of those kind of ridiculous ones of, well, and it's, it's say, if, if they're pulling this from divorced families, then there's a lot of other factors that don't have anything to do with that particular causation. They're not usually looking. Usually a divorced family is, usually a divorced family goes through an awful lot of pain and suffering before the divorce, which is going to cause the kids to go, you know, off, off mission and earlier sexual activity and whatnot, just simply because of being raised in an unhappy household. Yeah, so I, I think that the studies that they've done um, with same-sex couples, where they've actually looked at couples raising children, um, that the children have been no worse off. And in fact, in some cases, um, they've been better off. Right. So they're not. Yeah, con- they, I think they've they've shown that that uh, two lesbians raising a child is actually apparently the the highest outcome um, statistically. Right. And uh, you know, again, there's there's so much that goes into it. This particular one that you're talking about here you know, talks about how um, observed that 25 percent of sampled young adults raised by lesbian mothers had engaged in a homoerotic relationship, compared to zero percent of sampled young adults raised by heterosexual mothers. I've got anecdotal evidence that proves that zero percent wrong. Um, it again, does seem this very idea, odd. yeah, yeah, it, it's again, it's how you answer questions, right? The idea that, um, too, that they like to say is that you know, if you have gay parents, you're going to be, you know, you're going to grow up to be gay. Well, one, we, again, we have lots of data that shows that that's not necessarily true. And considering we don't have any, you know, historically same-sex marriage, where did all these gay people come from? Straight households, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I, my, my parents are straight. <laughs> it's it's I not the, only, the determining factor, right? The only, uh, the only thing you can really strongly prove hereditarily, as far as what, as far as the difference between the what goes on with the parents and the children, is that sterility turns out to be hereditary. Because if your parents didn't have any children, you won't either. <laughs> They they do have they, they do have some numbers that uh, I haven't verified that that say that um, that girls raised in um, same sex um, uh, institutions are more likely to experiment with with same sex. Yeah, but and it's not yeah, necessarily. You have to wonder, will they will they admit to it more often because they've been raised in a household where obviously this is not the worst thing you could admit to? Could it have something to do with it? What the hell is wrong with them experimenting? Nothing. There's yeah. nothing whatsoever Not wrong thing. with experimenting. If, you know, we, we all pretty much believe that, I think we all pretty much believe that homosexuality is a biological imperative rather than, uh, it, whether it's a choice or a biological imperative really doesn't matter. No, There's I nothing think... wrong with experimenting and finding out who you are and what you want. Yeah. You may experiment and, again, and you decide that... You want an opposite sex relationship. You may experiment. You find that you want a you want relationships with both same sex and opposite sex partners. 
Yeah, and we are dealing with people who do think that there is something wrong. I mean, it, it, it does follow. If you do think there's something wrong with being gay, and, you know, then people say, well, we think we should institutionalize it, I, I get where they're coming from. It's just I don't think yeah. that they have a whole lot of um, extra biblical or extra holy book reasoning for it. You know, it all goes no. b- right back to that, and then you throw separation of church and the state, and <laughs> their argument kind of falls apart. Yeah. So they have to fall back on gay cooties. Have you guys? Did you guys um, look through the the twelve reasons gays shouldn't be allowed to marry? I did. Yeah, that, that was a, that yeah, was actually this, pretty amusing. Yeah, this the, and it, but it sums things up pretty well. Heterosexuality or homosexuality isn't natural, much like eyeglasses, polyester, and birth control. <laughs> Homosexual marriage marriages are heterosexual marriages are valid because they produce children. Infertile couples, old people can't legally get married because the world clearly needs more children. Right. Seven billion is not enough. Right. Gay parents will raise Uh, gay children since straight people only raise straight children. What? 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 Real quick, touching back on the pro-con article. Yeah. You remember we talked about this relationship to, uh, we talked about the relationship to interracial marriage and their, uh, Con number 13 actually addressed that. They're saying it's not a choice to be black, but it is a choice to be homosexual. Which. So wait a minute, Kimberly, were you raised by gay parents? No, we, you missed that while you, you were missed that. there. No, my parents okay. were in fact straight. Yeah. Oh. Surprisingly. Yeah. Well, then how did you end up being gay? Oh, I, because I'm, I'm a rebel and I hate God. No, um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm trying know, to make the little baby Jesus that. cry. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's clearly, as we've talked about before, I, I think it is absolutely biologically conditioned. There's a lot of people who wish they didn't have the attractions that they had, but they do. But, you know, I'm, I'm also a big supporter of the point that even, even if it were just a choice, and I don't think it is, it doesn't seem like it should be an invalid choice. No, let me, I mean, I guess I, I, I want to touch on this a little bit, but Stacy. Um, her situation might almost be more interesting. Oh, sure. I'm boring. Yeah, because she <laughs> was married for a long time. She has several kids, and now she's with you. That's a, that, that sounds like yeah. a far more interesting story than I was always gay. I grew up that way. Yeah, no, it, it totally, totally is. And I won't, you know, I don't want to tell her story. It's no, no. to tell, but yeah, no. there's lots and lots of, of people who have that kind of story. Yeah, where they, they kind of realize it later or they, um, there's even terminology for it and I'm skipping on what it is right now, but, but people who find that rather than being attracted to a specific gender or a set of genitals are attracted to a person. And when it comes to them, they don't find that that's, you know, the deciding factor is who the person is. They might not be attracted to, if you know, it's a woman, she may not be attracted to any other women, but just this one, and that's who she wants to be with, you know, or a guy, you know, who's attracted to this one guy, or, you know, right. um, or whatever. And, and I certainly don't want to, you know, start saying that there are no such things as bisexuals. There's people who are physically attracted to, to both. Um, Kimberly, I think you... I think you uh, mentioned in the past that you're attracted to women and Nathan Fillion. Yes. Yeah, right. Nathan Fillion's on my switcheroo list. If he's listening, just give me a call. We can work something out. Um, <laughs> he's on mine too, so. That's right. <laughs> do, okay, we're getting, we're getting to a point where, I mean, we've gone quite, quite a while here. What else do we need to hit on this topic? What else is important that we have missed? Well, it's probably not important, but the the thing about the uh, Life with Archie number 16 comic book started off as a $4 comic book, and uh, about two weeks after 
that comic book flew off the shelves. It's now being sold for $50 a pop on eBay. The thing about that comic book is that it features a same-sex marriage between one of Archie's friends and his uh, his partner. Yeah, I, I haven't oh. wanted to read an Archie comic book yeah. for at least 35 years since I was five. But, um, but I'd pick that one up. How about yep. this? Um, marriage is not a right. Society can choose to endorse certain types of sexual arrangements and give support in the form of benefits to these arrangements. And that is... It's a it's an interesting argument, but it's not a good argument because you're basically saying that you are choosing to, you are choosing certain people to be second class citizens and to lose certain certain benefits that you bestow because of their choices. It's essentially saying that you're criminalizing something because you don't like it. Right. It's it's yeah, nearly I, it's I nearly the same true. as criminalizing it. But then later they say marriage is a religious right, according to a July thirty first two thousand three statement. From Congress uh, for the Doctrine of Faith and Appropriations by Pope John Paul II. Marriage was established by the Creator with his own natural, essential properties and purpose. No ideology can erase from the human spirit the certainty that marriage exists solely between a man and a woman. That is the and Adam and Eve from versus a Adam and Steve argument. Yeah, and, and you Adam want to take all your sex Adam advice Steve from the celibate, don't you? <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's, it's like getting advice about, you know, oral sex from a little old lady who doesn't eat pork. <laughs> That's now you're, the, now you're cutting into yeah. Robin Williams. No, yeah, Dr. Ruth Westheimer. <laughs> yeah, but you're talking Robin Williams jokes. Yeah, I know. Well, it's stolen. It's a stolen joke. Sorry. Well, and again, it goes it goes back to this idea that that you know the churches want to believe that they invented this, which they didn't, um, and they want to forget that there's a separation of church and state, which they don't like. Yeah, what Pope John Paul says is great. And again, I, I you know my whole family, I was raised Catholic. My whole family's Catholic. They believe anything comes out of the man's mouth, they can, and I am Kimberly. not do anything to stop them from doing it. I just don't think it needs to go into my laws. I, Kimberly, I, I do need to address something, though, you said earlier about making the baby Jesus cry. Yeah. He he, he grew up. He he, oh. he he grew up. He grew to the age of 33. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think that the, that the one what's thing... What's that quote from the uh, Talladega Nights? I just like... Magic. Talladega Nights. <laughs> You're not telling the whole story there, dude. What's the... to the age of 33. We don't think he was married. He hung out with 12 guys all the time. <laughs> Well, if you follow the Da Vinci Code, though, apparently one of the guys was actually Mary Magdalene. Uh-huh. Wait, so are we saying that transvestites happened even then? Yep. Well, Historical they all, they all transvestites. All right. I think the one thing that we have established tonight is that the church didn't invent marriage and should not have any sort of stranglehold on it. I, I think yeah, that I mean, that absolutely. I, I think I think if they want each of us, um, of, uh, each of the gays, to sign a thing that says we will not insist in getting married in your church, we promise, swear, um, double pinky swear, and all that, we would do it because it, it's not about that. No one is for. I mean, again, we're talking about equal rights. We're talking about the right to make choices in your life, and I uh, I support their choices to be closed-minded bigots. And all I want is them to support my right to love who I choose. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's equal. I, I, I'm not. I, I'm not trying to stop them. From, I don't know. From hating, straight they can hate. 
Straight marriage will be less meaningful if gays are allowed to marriage, since Britney Spears' 55-hour marriage just for fun <laughs> marriage was so meaningful. I, I didn't the didn't the Kardashian marriage though didn't that no that actually... no oh no a Kardashian is seventy two days okay yeah, they, you're they, right yeah so what? I figured I figured out how and many again, Kardashians I've been married we have legislators I mean Newt Gingrich Newt fucking Gingrich <laughs> is telling me about sanctity of marriage on his third I know. marriage what was that Michael <laughs> we we cut you off again Michael oh uh uh yeah Kardashian marriages are a little bit classier than Spears marriages yeah. <laughs> well, more syllables at least. All right. <laughs> what? Uh, you know, here, I'll give you one thing to talk about that's kind of um, maybe not all part of the gay agenda. I do think it is very funny that um, the people who talk about slippery slope and and the fact that um, you know popular entertainment and stuff has made um, stuff like marriage equality far more. Uh, you know, as we talked about before, it's, it's showing a trend to, to being accepted. I do think it's really interesting. I do think that, that Hollywood and our entertainment and stuff does have a huge impact on it. I think we are seeing the results of shows like Will and Grace and, you know, Modern Family having a prominent gay couple adopting children and stuff like that. Um, I feel cage. bad for them. Yeah. Oh, sorry, what's that? The Birdcage. Birdcage. I mean, I, although that movie sucked really bad, it was had funny moments. But oh, what an awful agenda movie! <laughs> but um, just, but just, you know, it being out there, it really has changed people. When these, when the folks who want to keep this stuff down start complaining about, you know, the secularization of the world and how Hollywood is influencing these things, I feel bad for them because they're absolutely correct. They are losing the war one TV show at a time. Captain Jack Harkness. Oh yeah, awesome Absolutely. character. Yeah, Torchwood. Torchwood. Yeah, but but you, you're making the Cap, Captain Jack is not gay. Captain Jack <laughs> is will have a relationship with anything. Yeah, pansexual. Yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. Pans, no, pots, anything. I will say that. Show. Ian, give me. Let Michael go. It seems that whatever group it is that they want to uh, oppress. Uh, evangelicals will find a way to twist a verse into saying that those, that group of people can't have those rights. I just saw a, a billboard was torn down in Pennsylvania that said slaves obey your masters because people were were shocked at that. But they forget that just 100 years ago and 200 years ago, those sort of verses were actually used to put down rebellions. Those sort of verses were preached in churches to slaves to right. to tell them, you know, this is your place. And so when, whenever I hear someone like Gingrich using the authority of the Bible, you know, because the Bible says that they shouldn't have these civil rights, I think, you know, as an atheist, I'm just going to go walk over to my, my printer and pull out a blank piece of paper, which, you know, it's, it's about as close to a sacred text as I can get for, you know, an atheist. And I'm going to look at it really hard and, and I'll do some self-reflecting and just decide that I don't want to be a bigot. And so... On the authority of, you know, everything that being an atheist tells me, I think that uh, we should have marriage equality and we should all stop being bigots. All right. So I think that uh, – is there anything else we need to say on this? I think we've hit most of the points. I just love to throw the challenge out there. I, you know, um, we, we talk a lot of times or, or it's talked about in the community that atheists don't have a, um, anything in common except for a, a disbelief in God. Um and this is one of those ones where I I am still waiting to hear somebody who 
is a is a confirmed atheist who understands what that actually means and who is against marriage equality. Because I just, I, I, you know, all of these arguments on the pro-con list always seem to come back to a religious reason. Um, and, you know, again, I, I get that. Um, I get if you're taking the Bible literally, you kind of have no choice but to decide. But for a group of people who don't take the Bible literally, I'd love to hear the really serious atheist argument against marriage equality. So I'm throwing that challenge down. The gauntlet right. is thrown. You got to wait. You want to say it? We'll have you on the show. I would love to hear it because I've yet to hear it. And it, it just strengthens my argument that we have a lot in common as a community. Right. Michael, tell us where we can find you and, and tell us a little bit more about the kind of stuff that you do um, with uh, with your YouTube channel. Uh, with my YouTube channel, I talk a lot about uh, skepticism, and and lately I've been doing a lot of getting other people's activism out. Uh, right now, I am a voter registration drive organizer for this year, and I just became a uh, caucus delegate because a lot of us who were part of certain activism groups decided to be more politically involved, and so that's been very interesting. Um, I've been swallowing hard every day every time i get something in the mail um but yeah you can find me on youtube uh youtube.com slash agent of doubt and my voter registration drive is voting and action.org and you know i gotta say i i think it's important to be part of the caucuses and stuff like that i i went in caucus and in fact i ran my precinct caucus this year i actually i've done it for the last two years in a row and of course and i and i will be also uh, a delegate so I think being involved in government at that level is it, it's certainly an experience, and I think it's a good thing. Yeah. All right. It's doing something. All right. Anything else? It's been great having you on, Michael. Yes. Thank you for coming. I, I do have one more thing. Oh, yeah, uh, please. Here, here in Colorado Springs, we have a group of ministers. They call themselves Community Ministers Unlimited. If you are gay and you want a commitment ceremony, if you're pagan, if you're Jewish, they, as a group of different faiths and non-faiths, they will minister to anyone. And uh, Dean Professor Dean Tollefson is uh, the one who runs it, and his number is 719-633-8635. And, of course, we'll put that in the show notes. Yes, we will. All right. Anything else, guys? And gal? I think that's it. Have I singled you out enough tonight, Kimberly? Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> you know I love having my, being able to talk all I want. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. All right. Say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. You can leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics Podcast at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast was provided by OFM. To find out more about OFM, go to myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons No Derivative 3.5 license. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook, and podcast album art is provided by and copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. 